0: I'm Bill Stevens. I'm I'm one of the pastors here as well here at Ascent, and um, I got to admit today it was uh, I, I battled whether or not I was ready to preach today, ready to 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 share with you guys today because um, you know I, I, from a faith side I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay from a faith side, but but from a um, from a from an endurance side and and from a um, just I'm exhausted. Um, I'm depleted, and 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 I I don't know if I've ever been this depleted before, Um, and so it's been an interesting. It's been an interesting. I cannot believe it's been five weeks since the fire. That is the fastest month I have ever experienced. Um, But it is. But it's it's so. The amount of things are so exhausting. Last night, we gathered together all of the, um, the folks from Andrew Drive, Bristol Street, and Ajax Court. There were 37 houses that were, that were destroyed in our neighborhood, and so we gathered everyone together because the neighborhoods need to start gathering together. And and so we gathered, and and, and our, we had like there was probably forty or fifty people that were in the room, and, and they asked me to lead it, which means then I got to be I have to be the uh, authority on this stuff, and I don't know anything about. FEMA and debris removal, and and you know I'm I'm having to stand up there and say okay so let's go through insurance stuff and you've got your coverage A and your coverage B and you've got your debris removal and your laws and ordinances and your landscape stuff and then how many of you guys are underinsured and ninety five percent of the people said yes me too and 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 so everyone's looking at a couple hundred thousand dollars of underinsurance and so then I'm walking through that with them and we're talking about what what it would cost to rebuild and we're talking about price per square foot. And does that include countertops and carpet and uh, the three Cs, countertops, carpet, and cover, and, and, and cabinets? Because a lot of times you'll get a quote that doesn't count those things. And so you're going, well, wait, does it count those things? And so let's compare apples to apples. I mean, I'm telling you, two hours later, I'm going, okay, now I gotta get over to the church and I gotta work on a sermon. <laughs> it's like, that was my sermon. I'm telling you guys, it the 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 information just keeps leaking out my ears. I feel like I gotta put earplugs in and just go, there's just too much that's going on, and, and, uh, and I have felt pretty depleted. Now, we still laugh. Jackie and I still laugh at stuff. We got a, we got a, a, a letter in the mail that said, how's your, how's your roof doing, you know, because they want to check on our roof, and we're saying we got a slight leak. It's going into our basement, you know. Um, you know, somebody somebody else said that 2022, the year to declutter, was was the thing that was on there, and I thought, well, we're winning, we're beating most of you on that. Uh, we've decluttered in lots of really great ways, you know, um, but in the end, it's it's just it's just tiring. So I so I questioned whether or not I should I should preach today, and and then I thought, you know what though, let's just do what we do here. Let's be real about this, and let's just go. You know what this. I wanna, wanna, let's talk about this place of being depleted because I think a lot of us know that. A lot of us know the feelings of being depleted. What do we do in a season when you're feeling just exhausted and you feel like the next day you wake up and it's still there? What do you, I I thought about when when we were young parents and we had these little kids and you're just going, man, the, the, the life of a, of a new or a young mom or dad, they're, they're, you're feeling depleted every single day. <laughs> I see you. I see you. You're feeling depleted where, where you get up in the morning, you go through the day, and then you finish the day going, tomorrow is going to be the same as today. It's not gonna, I can't like tell myself it's gonna be different. I, you're feeling depleted. You're burning the candle both ends at work. You're a single mom, and you're doing all, a single mom. You know depletion. You know, you know how depleted you feel from the, from, from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, and then you look at it the next day. You know, for many of us, these last two years of COVID, I think there's a lot of us that feel pretty depleted you, just from all of what we've seen and gone through. What do we do there? How do we, what's our prayer supposed to be? Are we supposed to pray that God would rescue us from this state of depletion, that he would change tomorrow so it won't be like it is today? Well, if you're a new mom, you're still gonna change a diaper at five in the morning. God's not gonna stop your kid from pooing, which would be bad. We, we need that to happen. And so, so what do we do how do we step into this? What's God teaching us in it? What is, Je- How, does Jesus even know it and recognize it? That's what we wanna talk about today a little bit, okay? So let's pray together and we'll, we'll walk through this. Father, we are so thankful for today and the chance to be together. We talked about whether or not we could even get together in this room and where we could get together this week with all the, with the conference that's happening at the Omni. But God, you, you plow through uh, obstacles, and you allow us to be in a place where we get to worship you together, and so we're thankful for getting to do that. Um, God, speak to us today. Help us to take a step closer to you as a result of our time together today. It's in your name that we pray, amen. All right, well, before I get going, I do have to say it is really fun to be in this space, you guys. This is what it looked like eight years ago. When we first got Ascent, This is what it looked like. Me and Jim, my co-lead pastor at the time, and Tom Garvin stood right out right there in that area, and we said, we looked at this 130,000 square feet, and we said, so what can we do? And he says, well, why don't you guys take the tire center in there? So we we thought about that, and then we said, well, what if we hung some like blue tarps and just made a room? And he said, all right, yeah, you can do that. And and so so then we thought, well, instead of blue tarps, why don't we go with theater curtains, and we looked up the cost of theater curtains and it was like, no, no, we're not doing theater curtains. So we said, what if we just got spools of fabric and we grommeted them and we zip tied them and we, and we double-sided taped them together and made a room and we figured we can afford that, so that's that's how we ended up with the auditorium in here. The the, the chairs you're sitting on was our first expense. Fifteen thousand chair fifteen thousand bucks we spent on chairs. We had like sixteen thousand in the in the account. We spent fifteen on chairs and a thousand on uh, on that uh, scissor lift right there. That was it. That's that's what we spent our money on. And and both are, have been good good expenses. I mean, good good purchases. It was it, this these 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 uh. Screens were given to us. This one was built by our high school student that was running our sound and all our tech booth at the time. So he built that one. Uh, it's just it, the cigarette cage. We were in there grinding all the all the all the, the, the stuff off, and, and we made that a kid's classroom. And this is our this I love being able to see this now because we get to tell the story again. I love telling that story of God's faithfulness. In the midst of, of this place, and uh, and we're gonna have a chance after tr- after service, like Mo said, to let's get it back to what many of us have seen a uh, ascent to look like. So, uh, so let's get going. Let's get going. So, so I wanna I wanna take you to a day in the life of Jesus. I wanna take you. Um, it's a, it's it's a really cool day. So he starts in a place called Judea. It's a region of Judea. He starts there, and and. When he's there in this region, there's, there, they were, people were getting to know who he was. People were being baptized. And so, so John the Baptist was baptizing folks, and Jesus', was, Jesus and his disciples were baptizing folks. And then these religious leaders came through, and they said, wait a minute, who's baptizing? Is it John the Baptist? Is it Jesus? Is it the disciples? Who's baptizing? And then they got into this big old argument on who was the one that was actually baptizing it's a, and, and they're arguing over something that you kind of wonder why in the world are they arguing. Listen to this, listen to this. It says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing, making more disciples than John, John the Baptist, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. That's John who's writing this saying, Jesus wasn't the one baptizing, his disciples did. So Jesus left Judea and returned to Galilee. Now we just read that and we just go, okay, so he left Judea and returned to Galilee. But you guys think about what just happened. These guys are arguing over something. And Jesus, you almost get this sense. Jesus is going, you guys, okay, fine. You keep arguing over that stuff. I'm moving on. It's like Jesus is going, what is, what is wrong with you? That, that you, are, you are focusing so much attention on something that doesn't matter. And he turns and he just walks away from it John doesn't say Jesus said which one was right Jesus didn't care which one was right man there's a part of me that kind of goes I wonder if he would come to us today and just go what are you arguing over what are you debating about why are you folk you are missing it this is about me, this is about my love, this is about you loving other people the way I love, the way I love you. What in the world are you arguing about? So, he, so he, he steps away from that, doesn't even address it. John the Baptist is left there, and the religious leaders are left there, and Jesus now has to go, has to, go to Galilee from Judea, okay? So he walks away from that. To get to Galilee, it's 70 miles. It's about a week. It's, it's about, if you're walking about 10 miles a day, it's, it's, you can get to Galilee. But you gotta go through Samaria to do that. Now, some of you are familiar with this part. So you can go through Samaria, you can go around Samaria. All the Jewish people would go around Samaria. There was, 100, there was 140 miles around it, two weeks, or through it, one week. Well, Jesus says, we're going, let's go, and we're going through it. Well, the disciples have got, they're going, wait a minute, we, we can't go that way. It's a different race of people. It's a different group of people. They're in that place. Well, about three months ago, Maurice preached on this, and, 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 uh, and I think it was the strongest message Maurice has ever given, where he just said, we have to go through Samaria. Jesus said, we're going through Samaria. We're ha- we have to go through Samaria. And he says, so, and, and there's, there's, there was division there. There was different racial uh, uh, history there. There was a lot of tension there. And Jesus says, "We got to go through. We're go- you're going to learn some of the things that you're blind blinded to, and we're going to go through." And I love it that Mo challenged us as a church to follow Jesus and go through. You guys, like he said, and this is I'm going to just a little side note from my talk. Maurice he, talked about this is Black History Month. You guys. Walk through it. Don't walk around it. And you might go, oh, no, now you're getting all, po- no, I'm not getting political. Walk through it. Step into it. Celebrate Black History Month. What can you, what can you do? I'm, I, I picked up a book. It's a Martin Luther King biography that's about the, his pastoral side of what he was doing, which is really all that he was doing. And I'm reading that and I'm going, you know what, I'm gonna read that through this month because I'm gonna step in, I wanna celebrate, celebrate a history that I didn't get taught very much about. And so I wanna learn more about that. I'm gonna step into that. And you guys, he's, Jesus is just going, let's walk through it. Let's not walk around it. So walk through it. Figure out what that looks like for you to walk through it. So get this though. Okay, so we're getting back to this. He leaves Judea. He walks through Samaria. The disciples are chirping at him. You know they are. They're just, they're saying, hey, who was right back there? Was John the Baptist right? Were those religious leaders right? Were we right in the way we we're baptized? And Jesus is like, okay, you're missing the boat. And they're chirping there. You know they're also chirping in his ear, going, Why are we going through Samaria? Wait a minute, should we be going through this way? And so both of them are happening. He finally gets to this, to this, to this well. It's, it, says, it says this, eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sichar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. So it was a very historical place. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because the disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. They're walking through. It's been a long day of walking so far. He finds himself at a well and he sits down at this well. The I love how he says the disciples went in to get some food. It's like Jesus sent them off. It's like, like when you, as a parent, when you send your kids and you just go, hey, will you just go play in your room and shut your door? I'll come and get you a dinner. Just go, just go, just go. And I feel like that's what he said to his disciples. Just go, just go get some food, go do what you guys need to do. You know, it's, it, and he sat down at this well, physically tired, but you got a picture he, was, he had to be Emotionally, he had to be just exhausted from all of what people were saying and arguing and all of the stuff. So he sits there as this well, exhausted. It's, I mean, it says it twice. It says he was, he, he, was, he was tired from the long walk and sat wearily beside the well. And then a woman comes up. And she's depleted for a different reason. She's depleted for what's been going on on the inside, what's been, what's been happening in her life and the, the struggles that she has faced and nobody really knows her and the, and the decisions that she's made and the decisions other people have made for her and, and to her. And, and so she's facing all of that and she sits down at the well. And they have this moment For me, in the heart of depletion, to know that Jesus sat at a well exhausted, there's something inspiring about that. That the God of the universe is saying, I know what you're going through, I feel it too. That's his humanity that's coming right to us. To picture a woman sitting next to him, depleted for a different reason, but both exhausted. Can't you just picture Jesus just sitting there and just looks over at her and says, You tired? You tired? He says, yeah, me too. And I know it. Man, we got to sit in that, you guys. We got to sit in that. We got to let that sink in, the, the, the humanity of Jesus to know what we are going through when we're depleted. He, he, knows, he knows tired. He knows exhaustion. He knows the feeling uh, that you're at the end of your rope. He knows that. God knows that, you're, you're, that when our mind is so full that we can't think. He knows that. God knows the 3 a.m. wake up and the, and the to-do lists that, that you can't get to. And when I wake up right now these days, I'm waking up and the first thing I'm writing on my to-do list, the very first thing that every single morning so far for five weeks, it's been thank the people that texted us in that first week. That's, my, that's the number one thing on my to-do list and it's there every single day. Thank the people that texted us in that first week and I haven't got to it. And I, I'm just going, darn it. Another day went by, and I didn't get to the number one thing on my list. The number two thing is thank the people that gave something to us because so many people, like Sarah said, the, 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 the people that rallies, rally around us has been so beautiful. And we've, we, you know, it's, it's everything from a, a, someone that came up to me and gave me a pair of, of shoes to somebody else that, that gave us a $10 bill. You know, and you just go, man, it's just all of it. There's, it's been, there's been so much care, and I've wanted to be able to thank every single person for that, and I haven't got to any of them. And I don't even know what it is. Is it, is it paralysis to, uh, around the to-do list, or is it just that I'm just, it's just the depletion. You're in that state of depletion where it's hard to get to anything. God knows that. He knows He knows those feelings he knows the exhaustion that you feel when things are out of your control i mean right now we're facing it with fema that's that's something i am not going to be able to call up fema and say hey can you do this a little better i can't do that it's out of my control can't call up insurance (laughs) is the 1-800 insurance line and just say that can we change things It's out of our control, but you know what? Jesus couldn't call up the Roman government either. He knows it. He knows depletion. He knows the exhaustion. He sits there with this person and he's going, I know it, I know what you're going through. Find some inspiration in that, especially in your moments of depletion. Now, there's some things that we can learn in this interaction that he had with this woman that's really, really powerful, I think. There's a couple of things for me that, that, that really jump out at me. The first one is, is this woman could have gone to any well. She could have gone to any well. She just went to that one where there was water. I think about the moments when I'm in the heart of depletion. Man, we go to lots of different wells, but they aren't necessarily the ones that are gonna quench our thirst, We'll go to the well that is it, that is uh, th- that we need control over everything. We go to the well that's anything that would numb our brains. So we'll go to that well, or we'll go to the well that is it, that is um, a, 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 that that sense of accomplishment that I got something done, and we go to that well. But then when nothing gets done, you're still thirsty. <laughs> it's like you know when you're when you're when you're super dehydrated. There's a lot of you guys that will go to water. I go to, I go to a, a Coke Zero or an IPA, just one of those two. That's, my, that's what I would go to. But, you know, in the end, it, it might give you a little bit of a sense of, of quenching your thirst, but you know it does nothing for dehydration. <laughs> in fact, it does, it goes, it's worse. And a lot of those places we go to them and we say, yeah, that's, that's doing something, but in the end you still feel dehydrated. And the question is, is what well are we going to? In the midst of the things that we all have in our life, which well are we going to? Are we going to a well that will actually help, or we go to one that's gonna give you some sort of, of, of temporary satisfaction? And the second one that was interesting that I got from this is, is the bucket that she brings. Someone challenged me on this years ago. They said, Bill, you tend to, when you come to Jesus, especially in prayer, they said, you tend to bring a full bucket, all the stuff, and then you say to Jesus, now fix these things, and if they're fixed, then prayer worked. And they challenged me on that, and they said, what if instead you took that bucket filled with stuff, and for me right now, the bucket that's filled with stuff is, what about our future What about my kids that have been extremely um, displaced? What about Jackie and me and God, how do we continue to, how do I care for Jackie and me in this? All of those things that fill the bucket to say, I want answers. If you give me answers, then that would be an answered prayer. The challenge is, is, and what this person challenged me with is to say, what if instead, because this is what Jesus is doing, You just gently emptied the bucket at his feet. He still cares about every one of those things that you have there, but now you have an empty bucket. And with an empty bucket, what might he do? And how might he answer your prayer that's a whole lot different than what you'd expect? See, I I gotta ask the question, what well am I going to? And I have to ask the question, is my bucket full? Or is my bucket empty to receive what he has for us? See, Jesus tells us all. He tells us all in Matthew. He says, says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. He doesn't say, I'm going to fix it. Come to me, all who are carrying heavy burdens, and I'm going to take them all from you. Come to me all with heavy burdens and I'm gonna fix it. Come to me all with heavy burdens and I'm gonna gonna breathe in so much uh, unbelievable energy that you're not gonna have a sense of depletion anymore. He just says, come to me and I'm gonna give you rest for your souls. I can honestly say that in these last five weeks, when it comes to am I going to the right well, and, and, and is my bucket empty for him to fill? I can honestly say, most of the time, I'm failing at that. And I know I'm, I should be someone that's, I'm a pastor of a church, I'm supposed to be the one that says just the opposite, and say, look at how great it all is. I, I'm failing at it. Most of the time, I will wake up and face that unfinished to-do list add 10 more things to it and go through, get through the day and then try to do it again tomorrow or I'll bring to God all the stuff that needs to be fixed today and so my prayers are tiring but every once in a while, every once in a while, I will go to the right well. (laughs) I'll go to the well of living water. Every once in a while, I'll go with my bucket empty. And on those days, I can honestly say God is filling it and he's filling it with things I never expected that bucket to be filled with. And it's been answered prayer that's been different than what I ever would have expected. I'm finding that when I go to the Lord in that way, he's making me far more aware of thankfulness in my life than just need it's weird you guys it's weird when I go to him this way our house the house that we're living in right now we live in this in this um, in this in this we, we live in a beautiful home in near Chautauqua that my our friend gave us um, for a couple of months it's a beautiful home and I and I and we're, we're living a friend of mine said this we're living on it not in it because you're not, you're not, you're taking, when you buy some cinnamon or some spice, you're not putting it into their spice rack, you're just putting it on the counter. Jackie bought the, the, garment, the garment thing in the, in the, for the closet, but it, we don't, we're not moving into the closet, we're just on it. And so there's days that I'm frustrated at that and going, I just want my home back. And, and, and instead, it's, it's no. I need to be thankful and I'm finding in those moments I'm actually thankful that God has given us a space, that my family can still be together, that it's a very comfortable space. There's something weird about God meeting you in there and filling that bucket with something totally different than what you think you need. I'm finding that truth is jumping out at me more when I I go to that bucket I'm finding that truth jumps out. I started reading John chapter one, that God, that, that, that light entered the darkness and darkness couldn't overcome it and God moved into the neighborhood and I'm circling everything and I'm just going, look at this truth, look at this truth, look at this truth and I'm finding, wait a minute, there's a, God's truth is right in front of me and just look at it come with an empty bucket and God's going to show that to you I'm finding that that prayer people have said so many people have said we're praying for you and I'm like I love it and I'm and I want it and I'm feeling it instead of going oh thank you appreciate that we're actually uh, we're stepping into that there's something about it I am far more aware when I'm coming to that well of living water of other people's pain. I, I, on those days, my heart is breaking for Sarah and Eric than everybody else that is, is displaced in one way or another. I think about the Duhans and I think about other folks from our church that are trying to decide, is this, is this house even gonna, is, is, did we get all the smoke out? Is this gonna affect my kids 10 years from now? I think about those kids at school and, and the ones that are having to walk by the destruction every day. My, the compassion, it, it pours out, maybe because it's not as much... Um, about me, I've started thinking a lot more about it. I just started wondering, maybe, maybe it's in a place of depletion. Maybe Jesus wants us to be there in some ways, because when I'm in a place of excess, I'm not, I'm not aware, not nearly as aware is in this place of depletion of all of what God is doing around me. And it's not so much about me. There's one other thing that I, that I feel like has happened in going to that well. I'm, I think I'm becoming far more aware of, of my place and, and even in my sinfulness, and Jesus' love and grace, I was one day at our house and digging in our hole. That's our house, and, and I was digging through some ashes by myself. We've had some friends there, but I was digging through some ashes, and and I'm standing there in these ashes, and I thought to myself, you know what? This is the state of who we are. It's the state of, of my sin in my life, I'm standing in these ashes. And I started to picture Jesus coming down the little ladder into our crawl space and then into the bottom part of our basement and taking the shovel from me and boosting me up out of the pit. And he said, I'll stand in the ashes instead. you are in a place of depletion and that's where I'm going you know it says in Philippians it says it says that he emptied himself that's the word he emptied himself maybe he wants us all to recognize the grace and the gift that he went down there, stood in the ashes, took it to the cross, and so now I'm gonna fill you. That depleted place, I'm gonna fill you. I don't know, you guys. It's weird. I, 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 I have those great moments, and then the very next day, I'll go through a whole day where I'm not even thinking about it once, and I failed again. <laughs> But then I'll come back and we'll just go, drink from the living water, drink from the well, bring an empty bucket, let him fill it with what he wants you to fill, what he will fill it with. You moms that are waking up to feed your babies in three in the morning, go sit at the well with a, with a God that understands it. Says, I'm right there with you. And I know what that exhaustion is like. You single moms, bring an empty bucket. He's gonna respond in ways that you're not even asking. You guys that feel depleted for one reason or another, man, try your best and we will fail. What well are you going to and how empty is your bucket? Fill it with living water. Father I pray that, that in this season for us of, of um, for some of us that are really depleted today and others that will be depleted tomorrow in this season of exhaustion for some of us and tomorrow might be somebody else that's exhausted. Father, I pray that when we start going down that path <laughs> When we start going down that path, Lord, when we start going down a path that, that, that leads us to a well that, that really doesn't solve anything, will you remind us of Jacob's well? When we're, when we're coming with such a massive, heavy bucket saying, God, this prayer needs to be answered this way, will you tip it over for us for just a second? Just tip it over at your feet. Uh, I thank you, Jesus, for the grace that you've poured out on me, grace after grace after grace. And I thank you that you've met every single one of us in the very, very basement of our ashes and you breathe life into us and boost us out of it. We can't thank you enough for that gift. I thank you, Jesus, that you are walking with me in the depletion and even not even necessarily rescuing me from it. You're just walking with me in it. I thank you that you know I am tired. It's in your name we pray. Amen.